0: Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque, back again with another episode of the Space Witch podcast. So, I'm super, super excited to announce that in this week's podcast episode, I am joined by Samantha Fay, who is one of the hosts on two different podcasts. One of her podcasts is Enlightened Empaths, and the other podcast is Psychic Teachers. Both of those podcasts are really, really good, and I am a huge fan of both of those. I've been listening to them at least since I moved to Maine, probably, like, last year or sometime in, like, October, I want to say. I am obsessed. Samantha is a psychic medium. She is super smart, super intelligent, super knowledgeable about all things uh, intuition, developing your intuition, spiritual, metaphysical, all that kind of cool stuff. And She's super sweet and I'm so happy I got to sit down and talk to her about crystals. If any of you happen to listen to her other podcast at all, Um, you know that Samantha is like the crystal queen. She loves crystals and she is super, super knowledgeable about them. So I'm really happy and thankful that I was able to have her on the show this week. And unfortunately, since this ended up being a really long episode, I had to split it up into two parts. So I believe the first part, we're going to go talk about um, crystals for Aries all the way through, I think, Libra or Scorpio. And then in next week's episode in part two, we're going to do Scorpio through Pisces. So, stay tuned for that. Lastly, I just want to mention really quick, Mercury retrograde is already kicking my ass, and I think we're still in the shadow period of it, which in my opinion, I think the shadow phase of Mercury retrograde tends to be a little bit worse than the actual retrograde itself. Yeah. So, I went to edit this episode and I was having all kinds of issues with it. The editing software that I used was kind of glitching out on me a lot. So, eventually I got really frustrated because this is a really long episode. So, forgive me if there's any things I forgot to edit out or any little things you might notice in there. Also, I know the sound quality probably isn't the best. I didn't realize until after I had downloaded the audio from the software that we had used to record the interview. So, yeah, um, I did the best I could. But yeah, I'm one of those people I get really frustrated when I start trying to edit something that takes me a long time and then all my hard work gets completely erased. So, yeah, what you see is what you get here at the Space Witch Podcast. So, Yeah, um, I'm going to stop talking and let's get into this week's podcast episode where you guys can hear all about the perfect crystals for your zodiac sign. Enjoy.
1: You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. And today I am joined by my guest co-host, Samantha Fay from the Enlightened Empaths Podcast and the Psychic Teachers Empaths. So thank you so much for joining me today, Samantha. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about crystals. Awesome. Yeah, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about All of the zodiac signs and what crystals work best with your sign and, you know, how you can kind of use these crystals to just enhance your life and, um, you know, to manifest things that you want. Um, So real quick, Samantha, I'm going to have you just kind of tell the listeners, um, you know, what it is that you do, tell them about your background on crystals, all that good stuff.
2: Sure. So I started out my adult life as a traditional teacher, and I was really enjoying that and was very happy being a teacher. One semester, I had a very difficult student. I was teaching at a community college, and the student just kind of sort of started stalking me, and it was very uncomfortable and creepy, and no one at the community college really offered me any support or help. So I just prayed about it, and I tried a lot of the students. I had two ex-Marines in the class, and they would walk me to my car after each day. I mean, it was it was a really precarious situation. So one day I walked into my office, and there was a red stone sitting on my desk, and I thought, how the heck did that get there? So I took it up to our geology professor, who we all call Dr. Rocks, and I said, Dr. Rocks, what is this? It just appeared in my desk, in my office. And he said, Whoa, that's Jasper. Who do you need protection from? And I thought, How the hell can a rock protect me from this creepy student? But Dr. Rock said, this is a really good stone for protection. Just carry it with you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I just started carrying the rock with me in my purse. I had no belief in the ability of a rock from the earth to protect me from a deranged student. But about two weeks after I started carrying that stone around and asking for protection, the student was arrested and sent to jail. And never came back to my class and so it started me thinking could this be connected i just didn't know i really didn't believe that it could be but it sure was quite a coincidence so i started learning a little bit more about crystals I bought a little bag of lucky rocks, and every time I carried those lucky rocks with me, weird lucky things would happen to me. I would always find a great parking space. I won $50 on a scratch-off lottery ticket. Like Just a series of lucky events started happening, so I started studying crystals a lot and i would go to these crystal shows i didn't have any friends who were on board with this i didn't know anyone who was mm-hmm. interested in crystals or woo woo stuff so i asked my dad to come with me to a local crystal show which was also weird cuz in my town we don't get those and we haven't had one since and this was about 20 years ago right and so my dad came with me and we were just walking through and this woman just walked up to my dad and gave him this full-on amazing reading, like so full-on that my dad got emotional. And I, at that oh, point, I'd God. only seen him cry once, and that was when his dad died in 1979. So I just kind of walked away to give them their <laughs> privacy. And the woman said, don't go anywhere. I have a message for you too.
0: And I was like, what the
2: heck is going on? So I just kind of hovered away to give them privacy. And when she was done, she said, my guides are telling me that you're an intuitive healer and you need to get Reiki to awaken to that. So I thought she was trying to sell me her class or something. So I said, well, do you teach Reiki? And she said, oh, no, no, I'm from Iowa. She was from Iowa or Idaho. And it was like a traveling crystal show. And she said, but see if you can find a Reiki teacher in town. So then my dad came up and tried to give her cash, you know, money for her reading. And she was like, no, 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 no. you didn't come to me for this. I imposed on you. Just take the messages and do what you can with them. So the whole thing just kind of left us mystified. And I ended up finding a Reiki teacher in town who I just loved and adored. And it led to this whole new life unfolding for me. And I um eventually left my job teaching, and now I work full time as an intuitive and I teach classes on crystals and mediumship, psychic ability manifesting and I host the two podcasts that you mentioned psychic teachers and enlightened empaths
1: that's awesome i like I love hearing that story like I've heard it before on like your other podcasts, but like I just think that's so cool like I love that
2: it's just weird to think that. Rocks from the earth can do these things, but since I've started studying them, it is really neat how every crystal does grow in a perfect lattice-like formation, and part of our body is made up of crystal-like formations. So when we start working with crystals, our energetic body starts to seek that same organized lattice work that the crystal grows in, and so we resonate together. It's been proven in laboratories. I mean, the work that Vogel did, for example, the IBM engineer who designed the Vogel crystals, he's been able to prove that crystals emit light. Um, France, I think his name is Pop, uh, a physicist, he was able to prove that crystals emit light and that we can work with them to enhance our everyday life, which I am not a scientist. (laughs) I do not understand, but... I think it's really cool to at least consider that these stones can help us.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. It's it's really interesting like how much science like actually applies to a lot of this stuff. And it's so easy. Like I know even me personally, like before I really got into like spirituality and metaphysical stuff and crystals, like a couple of years ago, like right before I started like reading tarot cards, I was like, someone I had worked with told me some story about this woman that he worked with at another job he had who worked with crystals and she like lost them one day and she was like crying and like not able to function and so like I heard that story and I was like that just sounds ridiculous it's got to just be like a placebo effect or blah 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 and I was like I never want to be like that and so I was kind of like afraid almost to work with crystals at that point because I was like oh my god what if I start this and then I have like you know I lose one one day and I have these like weird things happen to me like and I come from like a really um, conservative Christian background so A lot of the stuff that I work with now was very taboo and like not allowed growing up. And so I was very hesitant and nervous, kind of like getting into a lot of it. Um, But it's really interesting just like, you know, finding out like, oh, there actually is science to back this up. And honestly, even with astrology, I hope that, you know, someday like, you know, people actually want to look into it more because you know, they've done a bunch of studies on astrology and the science behind it, and usually it comes up with nothing, but they're not, I feel like the way they're doing these studies, it's one, I feel like people go into it already, you know, with the mindset of, oh, this is fake, this is fake, two, they don't really understand astrology and how it works, and three, I don't think they're asking the right questions or doing the right studies, and, you know, n- maybe people are going to hear me say that and judge me for it and think, you know, I'm stupid or whatever, but, um, You know, like everything has a vibration, and you know we're surrounded by these planets, and they emit their own, you know, energies. Like people are, we're affected by like the moon cycles and all that stuff. Mercury retrograde. So I I definitely think there's something behind it all for sure. Yeah. Well, I just want to
2: say two things to that. One, I don't think we should ever rely on any metaphysical tool, least of all crystals, the way that woman did. You know, like we need to see them as enhancing tools that we can right. use in our life, but not as crutches. And two, I wanted to say, I I was reading John Dee's biography. He was Queen Elizabeth the First astrologer. And the man who wrote the biography said, if you look at all the monarchies who have reigned over Britain, the one rule that was so successful in all areas, the last one was Queen Elizabeth the I. Now, I think historians could debate that, but let's just go with what he was saying. And he said she is the last monarch who used an astrologer to pick her coronation date. Wow. And
1: I just think that's kind of neat to think about in terms
2: of astrology.
1: Yeah. And there's, it's funny. So my, my fiance is actually, he's a historian. Um, He studied political science and history when he was in college. And he's actually a teacher now. Um, He works with like autistic children and like um, just kids that kind of had like a tough upbringing. He works like a private school to help them and um so like he loves history like that's his passion he talks about it all the time and so you know i'm always reading these little actually there's someone i follow on instagram i think his username is like bruce wayne 11 or something like that and he posts all these really cool um posts just talking about like different celebrities and different um time periods and just like events that have happened and the astrology around it um I was actually, I was reading a book on transits recently, which was really interesting. So transits are, are basically, um, they're just how the how the planets affect our everyday life. Wow. <laughs> our everyday lives. And um, it, it's just, you know, like, because the planets are always constant, they're changing. You know, our birth chart is a snapshot of where the planets were the day we were born. And so these transits, like, we all go through them and the planets that are, you know, planets are just they hit everyone differently because we all have different charts and so I was reading this transit book and I was it was talking about Pluto and Capricorn and how you know with Pluto and Capricorn so Pluto is all about change and transformation and Capricorn is the sign of you know hard work structure boundaries it's all that Saturn energy of like restriction and so it was saying that in this um Pluto and Capricorn era that we've been going through that, you know, there's been a lot of things coming up with, you know, like issues with government and government not doing their job and secrets coming out and, um, you know, people kind of being more aware of some, you know, sort of like more unethical political practices. And then it was interesting because I kept reading, I think it's is it in 2024 or 2025, we're going to start hitting Pluto and Aquarius and so it was kind of saying that you know aquarius is a very rebellious sign and going back to what i said pluto is all about change and transformation pluto is the you know it's the planet that says you know what's not working what's not serving us how do we get rid of it and so that in combination with the sign aquarius um you know i, I almost want to dig out that book to find out exactly what historical events it mentioned last time we had a pluto and aquarius um transit but Basically, it was kind of hinting that, you know, we might see some sort of like rebellion or, um, you know, people kind of being fed up with government in the next, you know, like decade or so, which is kind of scary to think about. But um, it's kind of interesting to just see how everything sort of um, correlates like that.
2: I read something. I don't know if it was the Pluto Aquarius transit you're talking about, but something that is going on astrologically hasn't occurred since 1939. And if you think about what was going on in the world then, it sounds ominous. Yeah. It's, and
0: that's
1: the part where like, you know, it's like, okay, time to read something else. like You're Right. Um, time to focus on crystals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I definitely do at some point, I want to do a, a podcast episode talking about some prominent historical events and like the astrology that was happening around that. Because um, I've read like a bunch of little things like online and in books about you know, what was going on during those times. And I I think it's just so fascinating. Um, But anyways, going back to crystals. um, So what are some of the ways that for people who are totally new with crystals, how can they work with crystals and use them and all that good stuff?
2: Okay, so we're going to be running you all through some crystals that I think would resonate with each of the sun signs. But I want to make it clear, I truly believe in using your own intuition and your own sense of what crystal resonates with you rather than listening to me or what Judy Hall says in the Crystal Bible or Melody and Love is in the Earth says in her beautiful book. I think it's great to listen to what authorities and teachers and crystal lovers say about the stones, but at the end of the day, you have to go with what resonates with you. Now, you can use crystals in a variety of ways. You can wear them and you can intend to wear them for protection or heart opening or more luck in your life or energetic and chakra cleansing. You can carry them. Like, for example, I always have shungite in my car because it's a great stone to protect you while driving. You can keep them in your purse. I know people who put crystals in their bras, but that's a whole nother episode, I suppose. <laughs> but you can you can wear them or carry them. You can do chakra balancings and cleansings with crystals. You can put them in grids. Like I always have a prayer grid in my home for my family, and I have one in my office for the clients that I work with every day. So whenever someone comes to see me for a reading, I will add their name to my list on my prayer grid, and I have certain stones around that for prayers, healing, and good intentions. I love to hold crystals when I meditate. Now, some crystals are better for meditation than others, and I'm going to mention some of that as we get through them. But it's wonderful to hold a stone or two in your palms while meditating. You can also, if you're working on a goal, let's say, for example, this summer you're like, I'm going to get that promotion at work. You can write your affirmation in the present tense, such as, I am happily and easily promoted to the perfect job for me. This summer. And then you can put a stone over that, that resonates to that goal. So for a promotion and you want to be seen, citrine would be a good one because citrine is all about, you know, being out in the limelight and promoting yourself. And so you could just put that stone over um, that affirmation. Let's say you're trying to grow more money in your life. You you don't want to. You're not looking for a quick fix. You're not looking for the scratch off lottery ticket right. I mentioned earlier. You're looking to actually change your relationship to money and grow it. You can write an affirmation for that and put it in the bottom of a plant that will not die. So don't look like an orchid, <laughs> pick like, right. you know, a jade plant or an, a fern or something and put your affirmation underneath the roots of that plant and bury a moss agate in that stone, in that plant. Because moss agate is wonderful for grounding our intentions in reality and growing abundance, the way moss
1: grows abundantly. I love that. I got to try that. I have so many plants in my living room and I always put my crystals on it to like cleanse them and stuff, but I love yeah. that.
2: Yeah. So there's a lot of really great things you can do with stones. I like to have bigger ones in my house. And when I say big, I'm not saying go spend $5,000 on a cluster. No, just a larger type stone. And I like to have them throughout my home for different things. Like I have fluorites near all my TVs because fluorite blocks some of the negative stuff coming off TVs. I have a lot of cluster, clear quartz clusters in my home because cluster stones help promote group harmony. Uh, if you keep an amethyst and a citrine paired on on either side of your nightstands in your bedroom, it helps couples get along. Ooh. And I like to combine the crystal placement of my home with feng shui. So if you know anything about feng shui, each of your rooms corresponds to a bagua in feng shui. So for example, the opposite right-hand corner from the front door of your home is your relationship corner. So that's a great place to keep rose quartz, which is the stone of love. The opposite left-hand corner from your front door is your wealth corner. So that would be a great sto- a great corner to keep abundant stones like moss agate or citrine pyrite. There's a lot of great stones for abundance.
1: That's awesome. I love that. I know, and this is kind of embarrassing. You might recognize this from one of your Q and a episodes. Cause I totally mentioned this. Um, from, I forget which one of your podcasts. I probably submitted this to, but um, I know like for me personally, like I have a piece of lapis that I bought it on Amazon, like totally on a whim. And it's honestly, it's my favorite stone. It's like a little heart shaped piece of lapis. And I like, I get a lot of intuitive messages through my dreams And so I know, like, I love sleeping with that piece of lapis under my pillow every night because it always, like, it gives me these really vivid, really intuitive dreams, and I always remember them, so.
2: Oh, I do remember that question. because (laughs) It was recent, so I'm like. It was very recent, and we, it's so funny, that month, we received three emails about lapis helping with dream recall. Which I thought was so interesting because it makes sense. Lapis looks like the night sky. It's this beautiful dark blue, like indigo blue, yeah. and it has gold flux on it, so it does look like the night sky. But typically, it's not the ones one of the stones recommended for dream recall. Usually, people will recommend amethyst or howlite. Right. But just last month, I got three email stories about lapis helping with dream recall, which again proves don't. Take everything you read in a crystal book as, oh, these are the only two stones that will help with dream recall, because that's clearly not true.
1: Which I'm trying to think now, too, because I don't know what made me start doing that. I remember listening, actually, to one of your podcasts where you talked about lapis and how it helps with your intuition. And for a few months, I was, like, meditating every day and doing chakra work and doing all this stuff, trying to work on my own intuition and so I bought this piece of lapis and I don't know where I, I, I feel like I did read or hear somewhere about it, helping with dreams or into, I mean, I knew the intuition part, but something about helping with dreams. And for whatever reason, I just decided to stick it under my pillow. And it's just like my favorite, like stone. Like I, I don't know. I love it so much. That's so cool. Um, oh, and one other thing. So before we actually get into, you know, the signs and the crystals and all that stuff. Um, I just quickly wanted to mention that, kind of going back to what Samantha just said about using your intuition, if you hear any of these crystals talked about on the show and it resonates with you or you feel like it would be a good one to work with, you know, don't limit yourself. Don't think like, oh, well, I'm not an Aries, so I can't work with this crystal. Um, We all have different charts and, you know, you might have a dominant sign, like maybe you happen to be Aries dominant or something like that or Mars dominant, for that matter, because Mars uh, rules sign Aries. So um, if you resonate with that energy, you know, I mean, obviously, this is kind of like a given, like anyone can work with any crystal. But just because we're talking about it on a show, this is just kind of a fun thing to do to talk about, you know, what crystals would work best with the zodiac's energies. Um, some people have, you know, stelliums in their chart, which a stellium is when you have like three or four planets in one house. So, like, if you had three or four planets in your sixth house, that would mean you'd have, like, a lot of Virgo energy in your chart. So, you know, if if that's something you have, and we talk about some crystals that, you know, would be good for Virgos, then, you know, that might be, you know, some of the crystals you might consider working with. But um, don't limit yourself. I always say, like, you are so much more than your sun sign. And you know, we all have so much going on in our charts. So, you know, any of these crystals mentioned could be, you know, beneficial to anyone out there. So
2: Yeah, that's a really important reminder. And and I wanna say with the crystals I'm going to mention, I didn't Google like what are the best stones for Aries. Because again, I like to think that we need to use our own intuition. So what I did was I just looked at the the qualities of Aries and I just kind of meditated on, okay, what what stones would help? with what, what stones would help enhance some of the positive qualities of an Aries, for example, and what stones would help to minimize some of the not so positive qualities of an Aries. So that's how I came up with this list. It is by no means gospel.
0: Love it.
1: All right. So with that all being said, let's get into the, this podcast episode, the actual topic. I don't know why I'm like struggling to say that. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to start with the sign Aries and go, you know, all the way up until Pisces. So, yeah. So um, Aries as a sign is this is just the general stuff about Aries and, you know, what is traditionally associated with the sign Aries. and That's going to be true for all these signs that we're about to talk about. So Aries is a very impulsive sign. It's ruled by the planet Mars. It's very confident, very competitive, very high energy. Um Personally, I think Aries tend to be very efficient. They're really great leaders or have the ability to be really great leaders when, you know, the positive sides of their personality are, you know, used the right way or if they're a more mature Aries. Um, Aries tend to be hot-headed. They are always ready to fight um, because I, I always think of Aries as like the soldier, right? The soldier who's always ready for anything. Also, that's my cat. You guys hear him in the background. I don't know why he's trying to go outside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, Aries, it's like the soldier, right? right? They're always ready for anything, always ready for a battle. And so they tend to be, they, like, they're the kind of sign that will get really angry, and they'll be really angry for, like, a minute, and then they're just, like, like they're totally over it the next. And um, they're very blunt. They're very direct. Um, I actually think of them as being a very innovative sign. A lot of people say that Aries are, like, the pioneers of the Zodiac. Which is so true. Um, From my experience, I've noticed that Aries do tend to be very creative because they have this very me first mentality. So they really like to pave the way for other people. And a lot of Aries that I know actually tend to be um, very open minded and very in- interested in like new ideas and new things. Like I, I worked with an Aries who was really into um Elon Musk and everything he was doing. And, you know, he wanted to know more about that. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the Aries um, energy, like their basic traits
2: and qualities. Well, my youngest daughter is an Aries. I have three teenage girls. And my youngest is an Aries, and she is really into crystals like I am. And this is a good example, I think, of how you have to go with what resonates for you. She saved up all her money because we were going to Asheville, North Carolina, for vacation last year, and she knew we were going to this amazing crystal store. And she spent like $65 on this Boulder Opal, which is a lot for a 13-year-old. Right. But she really wanted it. She she resonated with it. It She picked it out. She noticed, however, by midsummer that every time she wore it, she felt more emotional. So if she was feeling angry, she felt angrier. If she was feeling sad, she felt sadder. If she was feeling happy, she felt happier. And so we started looking more into Boulder Opal. And Opal is one of those stones that helped you tune into other people's emotions, which can be great for some people, like a Scorpio Mm -hmm. who's not always in tune with other people's emotions, but for someone like an Aries who's impulsive and, you know, high energy, maybe not so much. So she gave that stone to my older daughter, who's a Taurus, and it really resonates with her. When we went back (laughs) to that crystal store this spring, she picked out a K2 stone. Now this is a newer stone. It was recently found in Pakistan This K2 stone resonates so much better with her Aries energy. It's a combination of azurite and granite. Now, granite, we all know, half of you probably have it on your countertops. Granite is just rock, and it helps with grounding. But azurite is that beautiful bluish-green stone, and it helps you to really waken up to your intuition. So it's a great stone for balancing the energy of Aries. I would also recommend amazonite it's a stone of confidence and self-esteem and personal power. It helps to soothe tempers and aggression. Rose quartz, I think would be wonderful for Aries because it's great for love and softness of energy. Bloodstone, Aries love that stone because it's grounding, especially for your heart chakra. It also promotes selflessness. Aries can be very um me first as you said and so bloodstone helps work against that and helps them to open up sardonyx which is a combination of onyx carnelian and chalcedony allows one to live in the present moment and it aids self-control and discipline and it helps attract new friends so those are my recommendations for aries again not a complete list but just some suggestions to think about i love that oh
1: talk about taurus Yes, we can. Um, So Taurus is, um, so their basic traits are they're generally pretty stubborn because, you know, you think of Taurus and being like the bull. Um, They're very set in their ways. They tend to be very resistant to change. They really enjoy food. Um, They're very nurturing. They're kind of, in my mind, like, because they have that motherly energy like cancer. So they're kind of to me, like, they're, like, a more grounded version of, like, if you took a Libra and Cancer and, like, mixed them together, um, they're just much more grounded like that, and they're also very comforting, because, like I said, they have that mothering sort of, um, nature to them, and sensual, they really like to engross themselves in, like, all their senses, so, like, touch, taste, smell, sight, they love really beautiful things, they always like to be comfortable, they really like to wear really comfortable clothing, they don't always like to overexert themselves. Like it's a, it's a fixed sign. So they're very driven, but on a negative sign, I would say that Tauruses tend to be a little bit lazy. Like if it doesn't seem worth their energy or their effort, um, they won't really do all the things that um, they may need to do or set out to do. Um, But they are also really reliable because they're a fixed sign. So um, that's Taurus. Well, for
2: Taurus, I think pink opal is a great stone. Pink opal looks like milky pearl, pink pearl beads if you wear it in jewelry formation. And it just has this soft, soothing energy. And pink opal is great for people who tend to overmother, because it reminds you to mother yourself, to nurture yourself as much as you are nurturing others. I also think with reservation, I recommend malachite for tourist people. Malachite can be a tough stone to work for. Malachite is like that fitness trainer that you hire when you don't really want to work out, but you know you should. (laughs) Malachite is like this in-your-face stone, and it helps you face your stuff. So it's going to clear away all the distraction and and procrastination and help you get to the core of what needs to be worked on. So I think that's good for the kind of lazy aspect that Taurus people can be prone to. Fluorite is traditionally not recommended for Taurus people, but again, because I have a Taurus daughter, she has used fluorite a lot to help her when she's studying. It's called the student stone, and it's a really good stone to help you focus when you're trying to learn new material or if you're trying to accomplish a goal. I would also recommend garnet and ruby. It's Those are very sensual stones. They help you get your passionate sexual energy very creative help. They help you remember your drive for your career. Like if you kind of are like, why am I going to work today except for the paycheck? Garnet is a really good stone to work with. Ruby as well. And citrine is a good stone for tourist people as well because it's a stone of success. And it also helps you learn to manage money. And I have read that Taurus people can be either really, really good with money or really, really not good with yeah, money. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: totally goes either way. My fiance is actually a Taurus Moon, and he is like the super saver between the two of us. Um, they so like I said, they Taurus to me is like a combination of like if you took Libra and Cancer and like grounded those energies. Um, we, like so, the thing is, Libra and Taurus are both ruled by the planet Venus, which is all about luxury. And so, like, these two signs that are ruled by Venus, they're very, like, they have that treat-yourself, like, mentality where, you know, they want all the best food and the best clothes, and they just really like to have nice material things.
2: Right. But they don't always feel worthy of them, and that's where the pink opal and citrine will help with that. Right.
1: That is so true, yeah.
2: Um.
1: So, Gemini, that's my sign. Tell us about Ooh, Gemini. Okay. <laughs> I actually... So, for me, like, I... Geminis and me tend to be personally are, like a little like hit or miss. Usually I, I really enjoy talking to Geminis cause I'm a Virgo and we're both ruled by Mercury. So like, you know, whenever it's like, if I'm interacting with a Gemini, usually like, you know, I feel like I can just talk to Geminis for like hours cause we're both so like chatty and we just feed into each other's energy like that. Um, so yeah, Gemini is ruled by Mercury. It's a very talkative sign. It's, you know, a huge, very, like very communicative. Um, Geminis tend to be very intelligent because they're an air sign and air signs, um, you know, well, and this ties in with Geminis also being kind of scattered. So they're all over the place. So they, you know, they really like to just study and learn about things. I always think of Gemini as kind of like the student, whereas their opposite sign Sagittarius is the teacher and Geminis, you know, typically everyone says like, Oh, Sagittarius is the teacher and the guru and blah, blah, blah. But, I do think Geminis tend to make really good teachers because they're really good students and they like to learn about a lot of different things and they're very curious. Um, Gemini is very similar to Aries in the sense that they have a very childlike sort of way about them. And so, you know, you think of like a little kid, you know, when you're little, like you're curious about everything. You're like, what's this and what does this do and how does this work? And so that's what I associate a lot with the sign Gemini. And so, Um, Because they're kind of so scattered and all over the place, they tend to get very anxious or overwhelmed. Um, I feel like with Geminis and even Virgos with that mercurial influence, like we have so much going through our heads all the time and so many messages are coming at us. And so that gets really overwhelming um additionally gemini is also you know their sign is the twins so gemini's can be very moody you know they might be in a great mood one second and a not so great mood you know the other or you know it really depends on what kind of energy is hitting them um they're a mutable sign, so i feel like you know they can be really susceptible to the energy around them in a way um and so yeah that is gemini well,
2: as a Gemini, I, I, can, I can speak to some of the crystals that work really, really well for me with that scattered energy, but I will say one thing that's helped me so much with that scattered energy is just waking up every morning and having at least 30 minutes to myself to center my day because Gemini, they are ru- ruled by their moods. So if you, if you go into your day peacefully, it helps so much. So I try to wake up and read for 30 minutes or walk around my neighborhood or meditate. And then I write down 10 things I have to get done that day. And I put them up where I can see them. Usually I'll tape it to my laptop or keep it on my desk. And it it's very comforting, I think, for a Gemini to just check off those to-dos and know that, yes, I have a thousand ideas and a thousand things I want to get done, but I'm going to get these 10 things done. Now, one stone that I turn to above all is clear quartz. I wear a clear quartz pendant every single day. Clear quartz is great for focus, which is something Gemini's really, really need. The other great thing about clear quartz, which no other stone has, is it can be programmed. Now, a lot of crystal people don't like that word. So if you don't like that word, you can use ask. You can ask a clear quartz to help you with whatever you want help with. Some stones are just born to do some things, you know, like any pink stone is here to help us with love. So if you ask a a pink rose quartz to help you with motivation, it's going to focus more on loving yourself while you try to motivate yourself, Mm -hmm. right? But clear quartz is like, what do you want me to do? I can help you. So you can hold that a clear quartz and ask it to work with you on whatever you're trying to materialize or manifest in your life. Apophyllite is also a great stone for Geminis. Apophyllites grow naturally in these beautiful, clear pyramid formations. So if you think about what pyramid shapes do for us anyway, they elevate and raise the energy. They're going to do that for the Gemini. And that raising of that energy helps to focus and direct your thoughts. Apophyllite also allows for more light to come in. It's a great stone to hold while you're meditating, especially for a Gemini. Geminis who can't meditate, I really recommend you start out with a guided meditation where someone, a voice in your earbuds, is guiding you to think or see or visualize whatever the guided meditation is about. Because Gemini's mind is kind of going, going, going. They're lightning quick. You need a stone often to help you meditate and focus, and Apophyllite will do that. It also is great for increasing intuition. Now, Kyanite is another stone that's not really ever, I think, recommended for Geminis, but it's a stone I turn to every single day. I can't say enough about kyanite. It grows naturally in this beautiful blue blade-like formation, and its job is to align your chakras. So if you're feeling a little out of order, like you were saying, Whitney, with that twin energy, sometimes Geminis can feel kind of unbalanced, which can often indicate that your chakras are kind of out of whack. Right. if you just lay in bed at night while you're reading or falling asleep and put that kyanite blade over your your main chakras you know i like to put mine over my heart and throat chakra for example yeah it helps to send that energy up and down and guide and ground and align your chakras chrysocolla which would also be good for sagittarius is a wonderful stone for geminis because it's the stone for teachers it helps to also calm and soothe heartache it's very grounding and it promotes harmony with the self. You know, as we were saying with that twin energy, yeah. sometimes Gemini can have that chameleon aspect to them, yeah, just trying to fit in with this group yeah, or that and group. A beautiful sign, so yes. So chrysocolla helps you to just really love and approve of yourself.
0: Ooh,
1: that's awesome. All right, so. Is that, is that all your crystals for Gemini? Yes, okay. those are all my, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Cancer. So Cancer is like the mom of the Zodiac. Um, cancers are natural-born caretakers, like Taurus. They're super nurturing. They're super moody, similar to like how Geminis were, but for different reasons. So Cancers are, they're ruled by the moon, and the moon is always changing. It, you know, runs its cycles, and... So Cancers have like very cyclical energy and they're very moody because of it. Like some days they might be in a great mood and other days they might be in a not so great mood. Um, They're a water sign. So they're very emotional. They're very intuitive, which also kind of works with the whole, you know, mom archetype because everyone says, you know, moms tend to be very intuitive. They have the eyes on the back of their head. Like, so I think that's very fitting for a Cancer. Um, They really enjoy domestic things like family and pets and being in their house in their own space. I know, like, for me, like, I have my Mars and Venus in Cancer, so I have a lot of that Cancer energy in my chart, um, where, like, I love to just be in my house and hang out with my cat and cook and do all that fun stuff, and so because of that, like, Cancers tend to be homebodies, and they're also, like, naturally, like, very shy people a lot of the time, um, so think of Cancer as being, like, the crab, right? Crabs always, they walk sideways, and when they're scared, they, like, hide in their shell, and that's totally cancer energy. Um, If they feel too emotional or upset or anything like that, they're the type of sign that would sort of retreat into their shell to, like, lick their wounds and take care of themselves and just to retreat and get away from all the extra energy that's around them. They also tend to be very defensive. So, you know, crabs they have their pinchers. So if you, you know, mess with the cancer and you upset them, like they might try to pinch you if they don't just go and hide in their shell. Um I feel like on a negative aspect they have a hard time kind of like taking blame for things. So that's where that defensiveness sort of comes in because they'll just kind of, you know, find every reason for things to sort of be like someone else's fault, which isn't true for all cancers, but It's just kind of one of their shadow traits that I've personally noticed. And yeah, that is cancer.
2: Okay, so I tried to pick stones that we could find easily at most metaphysical or rock shops. But I'm going to mention two here that aren't always easily found. One is Danbarite. It's a beautiful stone that was originally found in Danbury, Connecticut. It grows in clear formations but you can also find pink damberite especially more often now which is great damberite helps you to let your light shine and it promotes self-love which i really think virgos need to focus on they need to remember that they have something important to say did i say virgos
1: yeah i was actually just gonna ask you (laughs) um okay sorry i meant cancers
2: (laughs) maybe you can edit that out um Dambrite really helps cancer people to let their light shine. Moonstone, I
1: mean, you have to pick moonstone with cancer, right? Because yes, I whole- actually, I, sorry, not to interrupt, but I have a giant piece of uh, moonstone that I also sleep with every night, and I, I love that stone. It's like the best. I do too. Moonstone
2: is great for getting in touch with the divine feminine. It helps balance male female energy. It helps your intuition. It helps you learn to listen to that still small voice within. But the other reason why I picked it for Cancer is Moonstone helps you to focus on what you need rather than what you think you need. Cancers, from what I've read, are a little bit of the hoarders of the other signs. Like they tend yeah. to have a hard time letting things. They cling go. on to things, so it's like you know the crabby yes. pinchers. So they they get stuck on things for sure. So moonstone helps you to recognize that. Now, smithsonite, like Dambarite, is another stone that's not always easy to find. But smithsonite is a wonderful stone for cancers because it helps you to let go of childhood pain. So as you were saying, with a lot of cancers kind of holding on to old resentments and things, (laughs) working with Smiths tonight, just meditating with it helps you to let go of some of that old stuff. It heals the inner child. Chalcedony also is great for those inner resentments that we're holding on to. You can find chalcedony in almost every color. There's yellow chalcedony. is really good for family issues as well, especially if you come from a dysfunctional family. But blue chalcedony, I would also recommend for cancers because it's a calming stone. It helps calm some of that, you know, inner negative self-talk or that that thought of, oh, I always have to take care of everyone else. And it helps you to speak your truth. So those are the four I would recommend. Again, there's so many others I could talk <laughs> about. So it was really hard to limit each of these to three or four, But but those are the ones that I think cancers could really benefit from the most.
1: Awesome. I love that. Um, so let's go into Leo. So Leo's tend to be very egocentric. They get a bad rap for being selfish. They're very selective about who they let in their circle because think of it like, you know, a king or a queen and, you know, who they surround themselves with, like who's in their court. Um, they, they're a fixed sign. So fixed signs tend to be very all in with everything they do. So if they love you or care about you, they really love you or care about you. And like, they'll be very flashy about showing it. Um, They tend to be very warm and affectionate. They love compliments. Um, I mean, obviously they love getting compliments because, you know, they tend to have big egos, but they also really love giving out compliments um, just as much, especially like if you're someone that they genuinely like or care about. They're also super entertaining and funny. There's a lot of like, well-known YouTubers and comedians that are Leo's that are super funny and hilarious. Um, they're also super big on loyalty. My, both my brother and my sister are Leo's and loyalty is like everything to them. Like if they feel someone is unloyal to them, like they're, you know, they're done with you basically. Um, they really like really just grandiose, um, gestures um they're like go big or go home and i don't know if anyone listening listens to that sh- uh not listens but watches that show Jane the virgin but i love that show and jane's father um raulio am i saying that name right i hope i am um her, her father i haven't watched the show in a while so i'm kind of worried i'm not even getting his name right but like her father just totally embodies like leo energy in my mind like every time i watch that show i'm like oh my god he is like the leo um, And they're also really focused on being popular and well-liked. And if you do anything to hurt their pride or their ego, um, they tend to get like, you know, that's one of those things that you could do to a Leo and they're basically done with you and they'll cut you off. So those are your Leo traits. Well, because they
2: are connected to Leo the lion and they need that big grandiose energy, I had to recommend Sunstone. Sunstone is such a beautiful stone for inviting more joy and love and light into your life, but it helps you to shine your light even brighter, and it reminds you that you are here for something big, and it helps to give you the courage to actually accomplish that and see it to fruition. I also would recommend rutile quartz or rutilated quartz those are it's any quartz stone that has the, the rutilated needles going through it. Because what rutilated quartz does is it helps you cut through the BS. Leos are really good about giving themselves BS too, not just to other people oh, yeah. <laughs> as a way to distract yeah. from, you know, focusing on what they really need to focus on. And rutilated quartz really helps with that. Carnelian is a great stone for a Leo. I call it the cheerleader of the other stones because really that's one of its main jobs. So I always say if you're going to carry a bag of crystals with you, like a chakra bag or if you use tarot cards, you really should have crystals in your tarot bag. Put a carnelian in with them because it it cheers the other stones on and reminds them of what they're working for. So cute. And carnelian, (laughs) I know, it's a hardworking stone. And one of its jobs is to clear the energy of the other stones as well. So it's a hardworking little stone. It's really easily found. It's very inexpensive, which is also great. And it's a sacral chakra stone, the second chakra. So it works on fertility issues, body image issues, sexuality issues, but it also helps to inspire creativity. So if you're an artist or a writer or a musician and you have that artist block sometimes, working with Carnelian will help. Garnet, I think, is great for Leo's because it's such a stone of passion It's not, again, not traditionally recommended for Leos. Um, It's more recommended for January birth dates. But garnet is going to help with that passion. And Leos are some of the most passionate people I know. And pyrite, finally, is a great stone for Leos. Pyrite is traditionally called fool's gold. But let me tell you, there is nothing foolish about pyrite. It is a very solid grounding stone that helps you to grow in a, in that, you know, those people who walk around with so much confidence that you just know they're going to just stumble into success. Leo's on a good day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And
2: that's how Pyrite is like every day. And pyrite is also great. If you're going to do any aura work, if you're going to try to uh, strengthen your aura or seal any holes in your aura, put a pyrite above your head, like while laying down and doing some chakra work, for example, because it helps to seal in any holes in your aura. So it's also very protective.
1: I didn't know that about pyrite. That's awesome. Um, Also, I think it's interesting. You mentioned, um, what was it, garnet, that it's usually for January birthdays. So that's usually around the time Aquarius season hits, which Aquarius is actually Leo's opposite sign. So that's interesting that
2: Um, Oh, that is. See, my sister's a Leo and she had uh, twins who were supposed to be born in January, but they came a little bit earlier during Christmas. But a lot of people bought her garnet necklaces and jewelry, and and typical Leo, you you'd never buy my sister like studs. Right. It has to be like big and dangly, yeah. and so she has a lot of garnet energy, and it has really resonated with her. And when I started looking into the properties of garnet, I thought, oh, that's so
1: perfect for a Leo. <laughs> I can totally see that. Now, is um real quick. You also mentioned for another sign. I think you mentioned ruby. Are our- Stones like garnet and ruby are those generally like expensive or hard to find or
2: Okay, that's a really good question. Garnet is found naturally in North Carolina. When I was a kid, we could we could go into the mountains near Asheville with a little pick and we could mine our own garnets. Wow. So garnet should not be expensive. Especially if you find it in a crystal store, you should be able to get like a like a quarter-size garnet for about $5-10. Oh, okay. Ruby obviously is a gem like a genuine gemstone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean all of these are gemstones, but you know, it's it's up there with sapphires and emeralds. Diamonds. So if you're going to get it cut in a gemstone fashion, it is going to be a little bit more expensive, but most metaphysical stores now carry raw rubies and they are not as expensive. Oh. Like I just had to talk myself out of one I saw at a crystal store in Myrtle Beach last weekend, a star ruby necklace Ooh. and it was about the size of a nickel yeah. and it was only $55. But I thought if I buy one more mother loving <laughs> crystal, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. So I didn't get it. You can find star sapphire and star rubies and it's it's so cool. There There's these stones and when polished, this natural star shines out from it. So star rubies are great for really activating sacral chakra stuff. Yeah. And they're really great for helping you to
1: shine from that creative space. Nice. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about Virgo. So I'm a Virgo. Um, Virgos tend to be very analytical, logical, like Gemini. They're ruled by Mercury. And they're very talkative. They're very big communicators. Um, They're also very anxious, similar to Gemini. They overthink everything. Um, They have a very calculated sort of personality. Like I feel like we're always thinking like 10 steps ahead of ourselves. Um, Virgos are an earth sign. So, and again, like, I feel like Virgos are just like a grounded, more grounded version of Gemini's in a way um, because they have that earthly influence. So um, Virgos tend to be much more practical. They're also very health conscious Um, they have an innocent quality about them because Virgos, um, their symbol is the Virgin and they're also ruled by Mercury, which, um, if people have like a lot of Mercury in their chart, um, Mercury has a very youthful energy to it. So people with a lot of uh, Virgo, Gemini, or any sort of like mercurial energy in their chart, um, will seem like much younger than they are or have that kind of way about them. They also tend to be very reserved, um. They tend to be very neat and organized. They're critical. Um, we're definitely perfectionists. Um, we like to help people, so you know, if we like someone, I mean, even sometimes if we don't like someone honestly, like uh, Virgo's just we like to be of service and we like to help people who are in need. Um, and so, yeah, that is your uh, Virgo traits.
2: Well, for Virgo, I would recommend Serpentine. Now, this is traditionally recommended for Geminis, but I think it's because of that mercurial influence. Serpentine, I'm recommending for Virgos because one of its main jobs is to help you feel in control. And I feel like a lot of Virgos' anxiety comes from this feeling that they aren't in control. So if you have that (laughs) issue as well, you might want to look to Serpentine. It also has this magnetic quality to it. It's similar to magnetite, so it helps you to magnetically attract what it is you're trying to materialize in your life. Virgos, I think, tend to Overanalyze things so much that they talk themselves out of manifesting what they're supposed to. (laughs) That is so
1: true.
2: (laughs) Serpentine is really good for that. So would lodestone be good for that as well? Lodestone is also naturally magnetic, so it's great for any manifesting. But serpentine also helps to raise your kundalini, that little spiraling snake that not actually a snake, (laughs) but that energy that's that sits like a snake coiled up at our root chakra. And our goal in our lifetime is to unspiral that slowly throughout our life. And serpentine helps with that, which is really important for Virgos. I'd also recommend obsidian. Now, obsidian isn't traditionally a crystal. It's molten lava, but it does have the similar crystal properties. And it's excellent for protection and grounding, which will also help Virgos feel safe. Um, Also, selenite is a great stone for really everyone. I love selenite. It's
1: so yes, easy to find now. Actually, Sorry, like, I don't mean to, sorry. I didn't mean to no. cut you off, but it's funny you mentioned um, selenite because that's actually one of my favorite crystals. Like I have a selenite candle holder. I have like a bunch of selenite wands. It is such a good stone or mineral. Or it whatever. really
2: is. You walk into any TJ Maxx or home goods these days and you're going to find a crap load of selenite that's authentic and you can use, which I think is great. I think this stuff should be more readily available to, to all of us who don't happen to live near crystal stores. Selenite also helps you to call on your guides and angels. And I find that a lot of Virgos, because they're so practical, they're not always going to turn to crystals or think that their guardian angel is there to help them at a moment's notice. But because selenite works to help you call on just more light, more light beings, whether it's your spirit guide or your angel or your higher self. I think it's more practical for a Virgo to look towards that as for help. Um, And Beryl, not as easy to find as some of the other, but any variation of Beryl is going to be really good for a Virgo because it helps you learn to do what you need to do. So Virgos tend to do everything for everyone. overdo all of it but barrel helps you cut through all of that nice
1: I also want to say really quick as far as like grounding stones go I know for me personally I also really love um black tourmaline for grounding oh Oh my gosh that's like that one of those crystals I just as soon as I hold it I'm like oh like I'm good now (laughs) like that and um I really like uh lepidolite that's a really good one for like anxiety and Yes.
2: That's a great stone. It's often recommended for Geminis. I probably should have included it in the list. Lipidolite has these qualities in it that are used in, that are actually used in medication for um, anti-depression stuff. Oh yeah. So it, it's a great stone for mood regulation as well.
1: Yeah. No, I love, that's actually one I, um I actually bring that one with me when I drive in the car um, because I as a Virgo I tend to get super anxious when I'm driving especially if I like go on the highway or something like that so like I always keep like my um, level of light with me like in my pocket or something and I'll just kind of like hold it in my hand like while I'm like driving and I'm like okay I can I can do this now
0: <laughs> yeah because it, it's wonderful to reduce stress yeah yeah, I love that one um, okay so let's talk about Libra so
1: Libras are They're very um, indecisive. They're an air sign. They are ruled by Venus, so they really like aesthetics and beautiful things and art. They have really great taste. Um, They also are one of the signs that just loves love. Um, They're kind of like, they have a tendency probably to be like the hopeless romantics, the zodiac. Um, They really don't like to be alone because Libras are all about balance. And so if Libras are alone, it tends to actually make them feel out of balance. But when they're around people, it makes them feel more balanced, even if you're not actively doing anything with them or anything like that. Just I think sitting in the same room as like a Libra tends to make them feel better because they just feel like, okay, like someone's here. Um, They like Taurus. They like the best of the best. They like good. uh, They like nice clothes and good food. Um, They generally tend to be really well dressed, especially if you have Libra on your ascendant. Um, I've noticed that Libra ascendant people always have like the best outfits and they just always look really put together. Um, They can be really artistic and creative. They're fair. um, They're humanitarian. They love to debate things. So a lot of Libras will, and it's funny because Libras get this rep for avoiding conflict and not being direct and all this stuff, which on a negative end, like that's totally something that Libras can be prone to, but I would say that a more mature Libra actually understands that in order to sometimes get the peace that they're looking for, they need to fight for the things that they're passionate about. And so Libra being an air sign, they're very intelligent. They will research all sides of the situation. They'll look at the problem from both sides. And then once they've weighed out their options, they'll figure out what side of you know, what side of the fence or whatever that they stand on with a certain topic or issue. And so Libras tend to be very political and humanitarian. And so once they know their stance on something, they generally tend to stand by that stance because they've spent all the time weighing out their options and figuring out which side of the argument is more just and more fair and more humanitarian. And so once they do all that work, then they're, you know, they're very passionate and very outspoken about what they think and believe and how they feel about things. Um... On a negative aspect, uh, a lot of Libras may have tendencies to be codependent, or they may feel that they need a relationship to feel complete. Um, And yeah, so that, I guess, is uh, your Libra traits.
2: Well, for Libras, I would recommend Moonstone and Sunstone together. So we've already talked about the individual qualities of Moonstone and Sunstone but if you work with them together, it helps to bring that balance in. It's also great for alleviating negative thought programming and it aids astral travel. Now, it's funny. I have a, I make a bracelet on my website that's half moonstone and half sunstone. And I've had a couple of people email me that when they wear their bracelet, they might put it on with the moonstone side facing up. But as soon as they put it on, it always shifts so that the balance where the moonstone and the sunstone meet is perfectly balanced on their wrist. Which I just think is a cool example of how these two stones work together to promote balance. Ametrine is also a great stone for Libras. Ametrine is a natural combination of amethyst and citrine. It helps to promote balance, but it also removes energy blocks. And chiastolite, which is not as commonly known a stone as most of the others we've mentioned, but it is becoming more well known. It's a beautiful stone, especially for religious people or religious people who are trying to awaken to more spiritual concepts. No matter how you slice a chiastolite, there's a natural cross formation in the middle of it. It's a natural balanced cross as well. So it's not the traditional Christian cross. It's more like the Celtic cross. Chiastalite is really protective and it also helps you during a spiritual awakening. Libras are always searching for balance and a way to understand how to live in the earth and be a spiritual being. And Chiastalite helps with that. And finally, sapphire. Again, you can find sapphire in any jewelry store, but in more metaphysical stores, you can find natural sapphire that won't be as expensive. Sapphire helps you to understand why you are here, what your role is, and it helps you to really assimilate a lot of mystical esoteric knowledge more fully.
1: Nice.
2: All right. So those are your Libra crystals.